Tonight we're going to continue that theme of evaluating the weakness of our flesh and what we must do because our flesh is weak. An awareness of the weakness of our flesh draws our attention to the fact that we must always have our guard up. We must always, as Jesus says in Matthew 26, verse 41, watch out so that we do not enter into temptation. Because if we do not watch out, we will, without fail, be surprised by temptation. We will be blindsided by temptation. Satan loves to use the element of surprise in drawing us towards sin. Some of you guys are familiar with the, with the uh, famous picture of George Washington and, and some of his soldiers crossing the Delaware River for the Battle of Trenton. You guys know what picture I'm talking about? You guys have seen that, right? That's in your history books. <coughs> the Battle of Trenton was a turning point in the Revolutionary War where, uh, yeah, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't know who George Washington is. Revolutionary War, the Battle of Trenton was, was a turning point. Uh, the... Uh, the Amer- what do you call them? The Americans, the rebels, the revolutionaries, the what? The Yankees. The Yankees. What do you call it? It's the it's the British and the the colonists. Yeah, that's good. You paid more attention than I did in history class. Uh, the colonists are uh, low on money. They're low on resources. They're low on soldiers. And quite frankly, they're low on energy. They're low on food. Uh, the outcome of the war is, is looking dismal. It was Christmas Day when George Washington started to, put, started to enact a plan to attack an encampment in a place called Trenton. And the thought behind his attack was that if he attacked around Christmas, that the enemy wouldn't see it coming. And he, he was outnumbered. He didn't have the, the quality of weapons that his enemy had. Uh, but he crossed the Delaware and he surrounded the encampment at Trenton and he attacked. The enemy never saw it coming. Uh, George Washington won that battle with the element of surprise. Aside from the element of surprise, there's no way that he could have won a battle. And that, that turned out to be a turning point in the war. Uh, because of a successful attack in the element of surprise, he was able to take down an enemy that was stronger, that was more energetic, more powerful than any army that he had. The element of surprise is a powerful thing. It's something that's used in battles all the time, and it's something that our enemy uses against us regularly. Indeed, I, I think that, that that is where our enemy desires to attack us. He desires to use the element of surprise. He desires that you would be in temptation, but that you would have never even seen it coming. He desires that you would be tempted to sin, but that you had no preparation. Your guard wasn't up. You weren't watching out. You never saw it coming. It's how Satan works. And that's exactly why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 26, watch out. Keep your guard up. Because if you don't, you will fall into temptation. Let me bring you up to speed. We talked about this last week. And 
Matthew chapter 26, we're in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the final 24 hours of Jesus' life. Uh, his disciples are with him. Judas has, is about to betray him. Judas has already left. He's on his way to betray him. It's about to be the most intense 24 hours probably of, of his disciples' lives. It's the final 24 hours of Jesus' life. But his concern for his disciples in these moments as Jesus goes deeper into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray is not that they would have their guard up to protect Jesus. It's not to have their guard up so that they wouldn't be attacked. No, look at verse 41. Jesus' concern is keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus' concern is fundamentally spiritual even in these final hours. Keep watching, keep praying. Why? Because if you don't, you will fall into temptation and temptation will lead you to sin. These instructions that Jesus gives his disciples are fitting for us even today. We saw this last week and I want to springboard from this conclusion to jump into our content tonight. If we do not watch for temptation, we will neither avoid nor be prepared to fight it. Okay? If, if we're not watching for temptation, then we can't avoid temptation. You can't run from something that you don't see coming. But sometimes temptation is unavoidable. Sometimes you can't run from temptation. So we need to go even a step further and, and, and be aware that we need to watch for temptation so that when it's unavoidable, we can be prepared to fight it. So that we are not blindsided. So that the element of surprise does not overcome us. We must watch out. There is a expression that's used, uh, it originates in, in boxing, but it's become, it's become a famous expression in basketball. It's the term hand down, man down. That's a term that comes from boxing, and uh, the expression originates from this. If your hands are down in a fight, if you don't keep your hands up, you're going to get knocked out. If you don't have a line of defense, if you don't keep your hands up in a fight, then, then there's nothing stopping your opponent from, from, from knocking you out. So uh, uh, an expression in boxing used by commentators became when, when someone would drop their hands, which happens a lot near the end of a fight, that hands down, man down. It became a term that then began to be used in basketball when, when, when the offense would, be, would, would uh, be in position to shoot and if a defender dropped their hands, that there was nothing stopping. It, it was an easy bucket. It was an easy shot. Hand down, man down. If, if your hands are not up, if your defense is not high, if your guard is not up, you will fall into temptation. You have no defense. You have nothing blocking. If your hands are down, you will surely fall. That's what we're going to title this tonight. Hand down, man down. It's a good illustration for what our approach must be in regards to how to resist temptation. Our defense must be high. Our guard must be up. We must watch out because if we drop our defense, we will surely fall. Last week, we saw the frequency of temptation in our lives. And fundamental to what we're going to talk through tonight is that we understand that I think sometimes we see temptation as like this rare and massive thing that comes to our life occasionally. That like you can think back to a time two or three months ago where you had a temptation. And, and if that's where you find yourself, then you're falling victim to exactly the lie that the enemy wants you to believe. 
Because temptation is not a rare occurrence. This is an important principle for us. Temptation is not a rare occurrence. It's actually more frequent than, than even sin. We saw, I'll jump here in a minute. We saw the frequency of sin from the book of James. That sin always leads to temptation. It always stems from temptation. You have never sinned when you were not tempted first. Every time you've sinned, it came from temptation. James chapter 1 verse 14 says that. Our call then, if we're going to live lives that are holy, our call then, if we're going to resist sin, is to watch out for temptation. That term watch out is used all throughout the New Testament. This passage, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8, is one of the clearest illustrations of, of the guard that we're supposed to have up. Peter writes, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. That's the exact same word in Matthew 26. Watch out. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The urgency in that statement could not be higher. How careful are we to be? How vigilant? How sober? How on the alert must we be? So much so that it's as if a a lion is tracking you down and, and you're watching out for it. Just put yourself in that position where every sense in your body is is looking for any sign of the threat. It's not something you take lightly. Peter says that's not an illustration, that's a reality. Your enemy is like a lion and, and he's prowling around looking for someone not to bother, not to annoy, not to detract, to devour. He wants to see you destroyed. He wants to see you fall from the faith. He wants to see you deny Christ. He wants to see you pursue a worldly lifestyle. And in doing so, he wants to devour you. So, our guard must be up. Our guard must be up watching, waiting, defending against that threat. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Verse 12, same terminology is used here. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed. Take heed. That's the same term. Watch out so that you do not fall. Jesus instructs his disciples to watch out. Peter instructs all believers to watch out. Paul instructs all believers to watch out because the threat is imminent and it's dangerous. We are not safe. If you think you're safe, if you think you're unapproachable, if you think you're untouchable, that's exactly what 1 Corinthians 10 is about. Watch out. If you think you stand, you're in a vulnerable position. Watch out lest you fall. Because it's exactly when we think that we're no longer threatened by temptation that we're most vulnerable to the element of surprise. That's why George Washington's attack on Trenton worked because his enemies thought they were safe. It was Christmas. But in thinking they were safe, they were the most vulnerable position they could be. Understand that temptation is something you face on a daily basis. Temptation is something you face on an hourly basis. And if you don't recognize that, it's okay. That's that's why we're talking about this now. 
because our goal is to grow in our awareness so that we can watch out. Temptation is not a rare occurrence. It's more frequent than sin. Because every time we sin, it stems from temptation. So we're tempted at least as much as we sin. It's not rare. It's in your life moment by moment. And so we must have our guard up. We must have our defensives high. We must watch out. But so often we don't do that. So often our guard is not up. And so tonight, one of the questions that I want to ask is, why, why is it? Why is it that, that we don't keep our guard high? What are the reasons that we don't watch out for temptation? That's a, we're going to have a couple outlines tonight, but this is the first one that's going to that's gonna drive us. Reasons that we do not watch for temptation. We actually find several in the passage that we read in Matthew 26. Several of the reasons that, de- that Jesus needed to instruct his disciples to keep their guard high. We're going to walk through this passage and see some of the things that were happening in the, in the spiritual life of these disciples to see why Jesus needed to give them this instruction and see how this applies to us. Why is it that we don't keep our guard up? The first reason is pride. The first reason is pride. Look at verse 34. This is just moments before they enter the garden. In verses 34 and 35. Peter and Jesus are talking, and these are the words that lead them, lead them into this scene. Jesus says to Peter, truly I say to you that this very night before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All of the disciples said the same thing too. We know from later on in this story that Peter does deny Jesus. That the thing that he committed to doing, he could not do. And in that awareness, we recognize that Peter had a spiritual pride that was misplaced. He had a pride in his ability to do something that he shouldn't have had. I think it's partially because of that pride that Peter has, that G and all the disciples have, that Jesus looks to them and says, watch out. Because just like 1 Corinthians 10, 12 that we saw earlier, when you think you stand, you're most vulnerable to fall. When Peter thinks that he's in a position where he could never deny Jesus, he is in the most vulnerable position to deny Jesus. Because once you think you stand, you drop your guard. Once you think that you can't be threatened, you stop watching out. And so when we have that spiritual pride of thinking that that we will no longer be touched by temptation, we're vulnerable. These thoughts come so easily to us. You may have had a sin that you struggle with and, and, and then maybe over time, maybe you've started to see some victory in resisting that sin and you start to drop your guard. And then out of nowhere, you get blindsided by that again and you look back and you think, I thought I had this beat. I thought that I had moved on from this. One of the reasons for that may be that you developed a spiritual pride that you no longer had your guard up, that you weren't watching out because you thought you stood. You thought you weren't vulnerable when you were. One of the reasons we don't watch out for temptation is because we don't think we're threatened by it. 
I don't think any of us would ever say that broadly. I think we all, I hope we all know that we're always potentially could be attacked. This applies itself most specifically. Peter wouldn't say to Jesus, I will never sin, but he would say, I'll never deny you. Spiritual pride happens in very specific areas of our life where we think we may have victory. And in thinking that we've conquered it, we drop our guard. It's encouraging and a good thing to have victory over sin, but it's dangerous to not watch out. One of the first reasons is pride. We see that illustrated with Peter, but there's a second reason in this text, and that's laziness. The second reason in verse 40 that we do not watch for temptation is laziness. There's a very clear, physical laziness that leads to Jesus calling the disciples to watch and pray. Look at verse 40. Jesus has gone back into the garden. He comes back to his disciples who are supposed to be watching, and he found them sleeping. Verse 40, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? The disciples had been through a lot, but what becomes clear in this passage is that they didn't have the physical ability, the the physical stamina, the, the, the physical commitment to stay awake with Jesus. Now, Jesus expects them to have been able to do this. This isn't like Jesus comes back and he's like, you know what? They're exhausted. They deserve to rest. Jesus looks at them and he says, you couldn't stay up? You didn't have what it takes to keep your eyes open? There was a laziness that led to Jesus telling them, get up, watch, and pray, or you'll fall into temptation. This is so true of us that that so often we don't watch and we don't pray. We don't have our guard up because we're lazy. Because you know what? To have your guard up is hard work. It's not easy. It's certainly not easier than not having your guard up. To be diligent to watch out is to be incredibly purposeful. In every scenario in your life, before you walk into a room, you're aware of how you might be tempted. Before you go home from school, you're thinking, you're aware, I'm going to go home and I'm probably going to be tempted to disrespect my parents or or to say something or do something I shouldn't do to my siblings or or to go look at things that I shouldn't look at or, or to be lazy and avoid my homework, whatever, fill in the blank. But we're lazy. It's easier to not think about those things. The disciples didn't have the stamina that it took, but the problem wasn't the physical. The problem was their heart. Jesus looks at them and says, how how could you not stay awake? They were lazy, just like we are. And so often it's this laziness that leads to us not watching out. There's a third, and this is very related, but I want to dive into Jesus' terminology here. In verse 41, a third reason that we don't watch out for temptation is weakness. Weakness. I want to be clear as we're doing this that I want to talk through this list because I think in exposing this errant thinking and errant motivation in our hearts that we can then make corrective steps in growing in this area. That's why we're looking at these weaknesses so that we can grow from them. Jesus in verse 41 
It says, keep watching and keep praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In that statement, Jesus looks to his disciples and he says, you men have no ability in and of yourself to to obey me. You may desire it, but your flesh is weak. And aside from the Spirit of God in you, you will fail. So, what must you do? Because your flesh is weak, you must have your guard up. Because your flesh is weak, you must watch out. Because you're not strong enough to get blindsided. You're not strong enough to to take a hit when you didn't see it coming. You have to have your guard up because if you get blindsided, you're going to fall. Your spirit may be willing. You may desire to do what's right, but if you're not watching out, your flesh is too weak. Our, Our flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak. Now, don't ever forget that. Continually remind yourself of that. I am weak and I'm sinful and there's nothing good in me apart from what God has awakened and what his spirit enables in me. Left to my own devices, I will deny Christ. Left to myself, I will fall. Never stop telling yourself that. Never stop relying on the Holy Spirit. Know that your flesh is weak. Remember that your flesh is weak. There are uh, many other reasons that I want to show you here. Those three are illustrated in this passage. Um, There's a lot of reasons that we may not watch out for temptation that aren't necessarily showing up in this passage. Ignorance may be one. This may be the first time you've ever talked about this. You may not know that you were supposed to watch out for temptation. Many people, I'm convinced, think that way. They're not watching out for temptation because they didn't know they're supposed to watch out for temptation. So, so I want to have room for that. The, the ignorance can lead to that. And, and if that's you, let's grow in this area. Find encouragement in that. Uh, another reason, maybe uh, uh, this is a doctrine, if, if you weren't here, that we talked about several weeks ago, antinomianism. Uh, when we were talking through making sure our theology of sanctification is correct, this is an errant way of thinking about, about sanctification. Antinomianism means no law anti-law, against the law. In other words, it doesn't matter how I live my life. It doesn't matter what I do. As long as the Holy Spirit's in me, I can just kind of live however I want and he's eventually going to work on me and it's good. I just sit back and relax and let him change me. That's antinomianism. That is absolutely a theological position that leads you to not watch out. Because why would you watch out? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're attacked. It doesn't matter if you, if you struggle, if you sin. It's just whatever. So if your thinking was errant in regards to how sanctification works, how the Holy Spirit works in us, then that would lead to us not watching out. Another reason may just be our desires. Maybe you just don't want to. Maybe, maybe there's a desire, a desire to be tempted. I'm not going to give in, but I just want to feel tempted. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have felt that in various areas. I want to get close to sin without actually giving in. There are reasons that we don't have our guard up. 
reasons that we, that we play with fire, so to speak. I'm sure there's others. Those are six, what I think are dominating reasons that we don't watch for temptation. And I'm sure all of us are seeing a few of those that are particularly present in our life. Expose that. Expose that. And start taking steps to rid those thoughts from your life. Correct those with the truth. In response to those, I want to look at a few strategies in watching for temptation. Those are reasons we don't do it, so I know I need to do it. I know that those are, that's errant thinking, so what then should I do? How then should I have my guard up? How do I watch for temptation? I'm going to give you four strategies. Number one, number one, remember your weaknesses. Remember your weaknesses. We've already talked about this a little bit. Humble yourself. Remind yourself continually that you are weak. Talked about that a few minutes ago, but I want to take it a little bit further here. Know specifically where you tend to be tempted. Where do you find yourself most often being tempted? Where do you find yourself most vulnerable to sin? If we were to go around the room, each of us may have nuances that, that, that are going to be different. That there are different ways that we may struggle in temptation. There, there's different things that we may find tempting. Some of you, there may be some of you that, that struggle with, with the desire to gossip. And some of you, that that's the least thought from your mind. Like Some of you may struggle with, with a, a continual desire to steal things. And, and, and some others of you may say, that's never even crossed my mind. That Satan attacks us in different ways. And, and we're vulnerable in different ways. So, so like, that, I, I've, never, I've never really struggled with stealing. That's never been a way that Satan has attacked me. So when I go into the grocery store, I'm not saying, don't steal anything. Like, that guard isn't up. And, 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 and in some sense, that's okay. That's okay. I need to know where my weakness is. But, but if I struggle with gossip, then when I'm walking into this room and I see a circle of friends, I need to be thinking long before I enter this room that my guard has to be up against that. That I'm thinking on the way here, I'm going to be tempted in this area because I'm going to see these people and I have to resist that. Because if I'm blindsided, I'm not strong enough. My flesh is weak. Know your weaknesses. Know the strings that tend to be pulled in your heart. And then when you know those weaknesses, prepare yourself for the fight against temptation. A second strategy in watching for temptation is know the truth. Know the truth. Last week we exposed some of the fundamental lies of temptation. That Satan, we saw this in Genesis 3, Satan questions God. Satan qualifies God. Satan contradicts God. All temptation is fundamentally a lie. If we're going to see that coming and expose the lies of temptation, we must know the truth. You cannot expose the lies of temptation if you do not know the truth of God's word. You will not recognize a lie if you do not recognize the truth. So we must know the truth. 
You cannot expose the lies of temptation if you do not know the truth of God's word. A third reason, sorry, a third strategy in watching for temptation is seek accountability. Seek accountability. Remember your weaknesses, know the truth, and third, seek accountability. God designed the church that we would spur one another on and help one another in our pursuing Christ-likeness. Part of that is resisting temptation. You were not designed, the church is not designed that we would resist temptation alone. One helpful way for you to keep your guard up against temptation is to have accountability in your life. People that are asking you, are you resisting that temptation? Is your guard up? People that know those same strings that tend to be pulled in your heart and they're helping to warn you. And after you come out of that situation, they're following up with you. Guys, this is so crucial and it's so often lacking. Like this room, the fact that it exists means that this should be happening because there's like-minded students who are out faithfully pursuing Christ. Work together in that. Seek accountability. And then lastly, and this is what's going to lead into next week, pray for strength. Pray for strength. A fourth strategy in watching for temptation is that you must continually, in the awareness that you're weak, ask God to give you strength. Know your weaknesses. Remember your weaknesses. Know the truth. Seek accountability. Pray for strength. We're going to jump into that fourth point last week because it's the second half of this verse. We've only really dealt with one word. Matthew 26, 41. Keep watching and next week, praying that you may not enter into temptation. Next week, we're going to see the role that prayer has in our resistance to temptation.